ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our guest is Richard Ward, Chief Design Officer at Otto AI, and we're going to talk about designing with play and delight. This episode is brought to you by InVision. When collaboration thrives, work becomes more inclusive, creative, and impactful. Whether it's strategic plans or spontaneous brainstorms, InVision brings all your people, tools, and ideas together in one real-time collaborative workspace. InVision makes it easy for teams to connect, align, and do incredible work together. Try it for free at envisionapp.com slash go slash UI breakfast. Hey, Richard. Hey, Jane. Great to meet you and uh, great to join on the UI breakfast and meet your audience. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. And before we start, can you tell us a bit more about yourself and your background story? Of course. Love to. So you might be able to tell by my accent, Jane. I'm from the UK originally. I moved to the US about 15 years ago now, and I've spent the last two decades in design um, and working on designing and building products that people hopefully find delight and joy in um, in their everyday lives. There's some impressive uh, names in your portfolios. One that rings a bell to me is uh, MetaLab. And some others, you can tell more, like what have you been doing before joining Otter? For sure. So for the last, let's say, decade, I've been very fortunate to work for uh, many years, five plus years at a company called Frog Design. Confident many of your audience members are familiar with their, them and their work. And then um, I also was fortunate to join Metalab Design as their remote CEO about four years ago uh, before uh, last year joining Otter.ai. Yeah, so a lot of the time spent at Frog Design, we were very lucky to work with many large, established Fortune 100 companies, the likes of Disney and others, and really starting to think about what's the opportunity to bring playfulness and delight and wit and humor into product experiences. And I really enjoyed um, that exploration. And then when I was able to, after five or six years at Frog, join Metalab which is a remote-first design agency working pretty much exclusively with founder-led early-stage startups, incredible company. We were able to, again, lean into that philosophy of bringing emotion into the product experience, working with some really amazing founders from Slack and Vice and Headspace and Neuralink and a bunch of other incredible companies. What makes you focus on play and delight, given that you have such a pretty serious portfolio of products um, behind you? And for instance, it's not that everybody thinks about, I'm more of a pragmatic person. I really don't think about play and delight and, and, unless it's, it's a given from a client or something, um, or like boring practical solutions. What, what makes play and delight important for you? Sure, it's a great question. I just think um, we're looking to put products in the world that people have affinity with, that they love, that they want to draw them into their world um, and have them as part of their everyday kind of fabric. And I think if you're able to inject an element of playfulness 
an element of emotion, of connection with those product companies, I think you'll have a deeper connection with the user and vice versa. And so I just think it's something that we always try and uh, pull on the on the string and see if we can find something within the product experience that just finds those moments of serendipity, those mo- mo- moments of delight, um, moments of, of surprise um, within the product. And Jane, if I bring that to kind of my, my current role um, at order.ai, I think um, we're now all living in this hybrid era, right? And trying to, to figure out what's our what's our role um, and how do we collaborate? How do we work with one another when we're so distrib- distributed and have so many kind of conflicting thoughts um, during the day? And what I think, um, at least my bias and my perspective is there's a lot of really great tools out there um, that are trying to help for collaboration but in living on those tools and in working um, with them for many years now, I find them to be rather functional and somewhat cold and, dare I say, it, utilitarian. And what we're trying to do at Otter is bring some warmth, um, some emotion into that collaboration. So when people are meeting and they're collaborating in that meeting hub, um, that they're not only getting the work done, but they're finding delight in the experience. Is it a layer that you can add to an existing product or does it have to be part of it in the like product's DNA? Because obviously like some things that are on the surface are, you know, good microcopy, uh, some personable micro animations or interactions within the UX, but can it be brought on or does it have to be there from day one? I think it's, I mean, at least from our perspective at Otter.ai, it has to be DNA D1. I mean, we're looking to humanize technology. And in doing so, I think we need a designed philosophy that has two central tenets to it, Jane. One, I think, is one of kind of curiosity. And the second is one of intentionality. And curiosity, as your audience will well know, is about building empathy, asking the why question time and again. And I think if we're pushing into like really understanding our users and really designing products and really finding moments in their workflow and their daily lives to inject and bring playfulness, delightfulness, emotion into that product experience that has to be conceived from the very kind of onset of that product definition. And then on the second tenant, Jane, around intentionality, we're not trying to be funny, funny, ha-ha in the product. We're just trying to find two or three moments that really, um, as I say, bring delight and have people want to have that product in their daily lives and want to talk about it with their cohort of friends and colleagues because it just it brings it brings fun to their every day in addition to doing the job that it needs to do. So yeah, for sure, it has to be baked in from from day one. One biggest question I have: give us examples now. Like, what are the key manifestations that we can see in Otter? Yeah, I mean, let me talk about other products before we kind of bring it into Otter. But I do think as we all think about this hybrid environment, this this remote workplace, like how do we find those moments of levity? How do we find those moments where we can share laughter and share stories with one another? And I think you know, two products that I find really helpful in doing that one is donut dates. We use it at Otter as a Slack integration. And it's just an opportunity 
to have a 15-minute call over a donut and a coffee, well, tea for me, I'm English, but just to find those moments in a day to meet new people and to share stories. Um, and it's not trying to do anything more than that, but it's a really thoughtful way of meeting new people, sharing stories and finding and finding um, moments within the day to meet new people and, and, and laugh. Um, the other one uh, product that we use um, that you might be familiar with is Bonusly. Um, and again, it's a, a tool that allows for micro celebrations. So if someone does something awesome during the day, if you're in an in-person environment, you might high five them. But if you're remote, it's really hard to do that. And Bonusly and other products like that allow people to celebrate other people's successes and bring kind of delight into that kind of everyday, sometimes grind of the workday. So those are two products that, that, um, that I would um, uh, offer up as good examples of tools that people can use in their everyday work environment. Bringing it to Otter and finding delight and play within our product experience, we are benefiting from the fact that our product is audio first. And so at Otter.ai, what we're looking to do is to bring team collaboration together through voice conversations, and then we live transcribe that into text. And what's, what you're able to do is share these moments of uh, voice clips um, and share them out with people. And within that, what you find, Jane, is you're hearing people's, like we are on, on your podcast, we're finding people's intention, inflection, context for what they're saying. And you can share that around in the product experience um, in a way that allows you to get through the workflow, but do it in a way where people find it more, in fact, just honestly, just find it more enjoyable. If we zoom out a little bit, Otter has not always been like a collaborative meeting solution, has it? It has like in my brain uh, from the old days, like Otter means transcription and everything that's related. How did you evolve from this to emotional, collaborative and everything like that beyond? Like what's the thinking? Yeah, great question. So I think in the, the origins of Otter very much were thinking about how do we take voice conversations um, in a kind of one-to-one -one exchange. And so you and I are having a conversation and the technology at Otto can transcribe that. And you and I have access to that content and can collaborate on it kind of one-on-one. -on -one. What we're finding in this hybrid era is that that value can be shared more broadly with more people. And so what we're learning in people using our product is that they're asking that we build it not just in a single-player modality, but in a multiplayer. So many people can collaborate on that conversation in a live format. So I think it's, I wouldn't say we're, we've kind of changed from a transcription. I just think we're building on it. Um, and, um, and we're hearing from people that use the product every day that they're loving it. So uh, we're really excited for that. So what are the rituals and procedures you as a product team take to bring it play and delight into the product or into the design process? That's actually a different angle uh, we can talk about. Yeah, so again, to that kind of comment earlier around kind of curiosity and intentionality, we're big kind of proponents of, you know, GV, you know, Google Ventures Design Sprints methodology. And so very much think about when we were thinking about Otter.ai, 
doing some like you know proper foundational UX research. We really wanted to at a very kind of like human visceral level, Jane, understand like what people are struggling with like every day in their work environment and how a product like Otter could support that. So really trying to like unpick um, unstated motivations um, and, and and hopes for what a product could do and, and how that then fits into their workflow. Um, something that your audience, I'm sure, are very familiar with. And then we're a startup, so we work very quickly and iteratively, as you could well imagine. And a lot of the way we, we think about that is weekly, short, quick, divergent sprints. We've got, a, we've got no shortage of ideas, and so we want to get them all out. And so we'll do uh, low-fidelity prototypes on a weekly cadence, and then we'll put those ideas in front of our target users, get their feedback. We're not looking for a yes-no answer, as you well know. We're looking to be inspired for things that ignite their imagination, that they're like, they find value in their workflow. And if we can, in doing so, inject some playfulness and delight in those moments within the product experience, we think we will hit on something that, that people want and crave in their daily lives. And then, of course, we'll just do cycles of rapid prototyping because we want to test and learn. And what is true today might not be true tomorrow. So we want to be open to new ideas, new perspectives, and move forward from there. So going back to that question, what particular product examples you could share that have shown to cause delight being intentional or not intentional? Looks like everything you do in that direction is intentional, so probably so. <laughs> yeah, no, for, for sure. So one of the things that we just launched this week is Otter is able to join anybody's Zoom or Team or, or Google Meets. And what we found is that people are having just multiple Chrome tabs open at any one time. And so it's really hard to like figure out where to focus and where to, um, um, and so what we were able to do is able to, with a one click screenshot, screen grab your Zoom or Team or Google kind of virtual meeting and include that into the other product. And what we're hearing time and again from users is just like, that's awesome. I love it. It's such, a, such an amazingly simple add to the product, but I'm not having to. Um, manage multiple different applications at the same time. I can just focus on the conversation, the meeting we're having, and just that ability to have a one-click insert of that of, the, of that conversation, that screenshot, in the context of what's being said. And over time, we'll obviously give the ability to have the ability to annotate over that screenshot and add comments and highlights. And so that's just one example. It's really simple, but again, technically hard, but trying to humanize the technology. Uh, people are just telling us that was a really kind of delightful, simple um, product experience. You should check it out. You're literally taking small use cases that have not been met before and trying to implement them in a simple and delightful way. That's like the recipe for it. Plus one. Absolutely. We're just trying to find moments in people's everyday work environment and trying to make it easier, faster, better, and and in and in doing so, bring them bring moments of, I say like levity, uh, delight, um, and so they're like, oh, that was 
that was really thoughtful. That was really intentional. That was really delightful in the way that Otto was able to bring that content into this conversation and then be able to share that out with everybody on the meeting. So we all have a common understanding of what was said and who said it and how they said it and what action we want to take from it. And we'll continue to build on that. What is the ratio of these delightful things and actually hardcore, boring, important features? Because being a startup means limited resources. Well, being a business means limited resources. As a co-founder, I would love to dedicate half of my time working on delighters, but we barely get to them because there is always important stuff on the horizon. How do you solve that? Like, that's probably the biggest question. Yeah, I'm I'm smiling as I'm as I'm listening to you. Uh, it's a it's a daily, hourly balancing act. Um, but I think you know to your earlier question is playfulness and delight. Is it a kind of a layer on top or is it DNA? And for us, it's DNA. So we're really insistent on carving out enough time and space for us to think about it thoughtfully and find those moments in the product experience i would i would say um it's probably the 80 20 rule right we need to be building kind of 80 percent of the product which is doing the job our users are asking us to do and then we spend 20 percent not at the end of the of the cycle but kind of core within the design sprints thinking about those two or three moments those micro animations those Moments of delight. We have an otter mascot that kind of pops up in different moments within the product experience as a way to provide feature discoverability for the users. Um, and again, not trying to be funny about it, but trying to just find those moments to bring excitement and joy into the product. But yeah, I'd say 80-20, and it's a constant refinement as to where we need to spend our time and, and, as you say, kind of precious resources. Are there any shortcuts to things that can be easily added? And as a UX person, what comes to my mind is uh, I've seen great loading indicators, which are replaced by uh, interesting quotes or custom illustrations. Like we use Help Scout for support, for example, and they have, uh, when you reach the end of the inbox, they display a fun fact or the quote of the day or like something like a celebration, but it's always a different thing. So I imagine that's an easy thing to add to almost any product. Are there any other like boilerplate solutions like that? Yeah, I mean, when people are onboarding and getting started on our platform, we're uh, keen for them to kind of connect their calendar because it just uh, provides a, a ton of value to the user. And um, so we have a really beautiful kind of motion animation that just kind of draws their attention subtly. And some of the uh, some of the copy, um, it's just it's it's uh, it brings a smile to the mind. And again, we'll use our other mascot just to kind of draw attention to subtle areas of the product experience. If, for instance, hopefully uh, you don't have meetings on a Saturday and Sunday, Jane, and if you don't, we'll have just, again, just a little bit of microcopy um, and a different type of illustration within the product experience just to give signal to the fact that you know life is to be lived both inside and outside of work. So, hey, great news, no meetings today. Don't, no need to open. Um, no need to open your laptop today. But go go outside and have fun with your friends and family. So trying to trying to strike that balance also within the product itself. 
there was an episode here at the show in some old year, something like 2018, with Adrian Zumbrunnen about uh, motion in UX. So I'm curious, what's your take as, as, as a chief design officer, how much attention you pay to animations within the whole system? And who's, who's responsible for them? Do you have a dedicated person? Sure. So let me answer the second question first, and then I'll come back to the first question. So in terms of our team, we have people who are T-shaped, as you would hope and imagine. So they have domain expertise, and we're looking for people with high craft, and then obviously kind of T-shaped and that they can do more and work really closely with our engineering and platform team as we co-create and co-build the features that are going to live in the product. So that's very much kind of what we're looking for. And for sure, we have people on the team who have deep expertise around kind of UX, UI. We have someone who works exclusively on kind of content and copy. And we're looking to bring somebody on full-time for motion. Um, so it's really important to us as a small team to dedicate one headcount just to motion is pretty unusual, I would argue. But it is, it's really important to us whether it's desktop, web app, or mobile, that we're bringing just these really, again, intentional but thoughtful moments. And I think motion can be really instructive to bring that playful moment within the product experience and guide users to most the contextually relevant pieces of content that are important to them. So yeah, super important. Just how small is small? I'd love to hear like what if, if that's okay to share, how large is your company and your design team in the context of it? Sure. So um I'd say we're small but mighty, Jane. <laughs> just 50 people, just small <laughs> but mighty. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So for your audience, Otto was founded in 2017. We raised our Series B last year, 50 million. Uh, today our headcount is north of 50 people. We'll hopefully be looking to double the size of that in the near term. So the design team right now is five. So five people. You can actually do a lot with a team of five, as I'm sure you would attest. Um, and so we're able to really think about those, like I spoke earlier, those weekly design sprints and what we're trying to push week to week, whilst also thinking longer term and looking around the corner because we are really trying to create a new category here. And so we're both kind of pushing week to week, but, but also looking longer term in terms of like what we want to build, design and build as a North Star product. I could well imagine, Jane, that as the size of the company doubles, doubles again, doubles again, the same will be true for the design team. I could actually say that it's a, like you can easily have one designer with 50 people because, you know, support and engineering always takes more resources. You can, as, as a designer in a small startup, I can testify that there is not many design hours needed. Most times it's, uh, you know, you, you design something and then it takes months to build. So with five designers, I'm really impressed that you are able to execute on uh, implementation of all that design. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, like classic ratios, one to eight, right? Design to engineering. Um, and so it just, I think it just, again, reinforces the kind of DNA that like really thoughtful, well-executed 
design within the product experience is going to help us create a product that people love in their everyday lives. Um, we're super fortunate to have an incredible platform engineering product marketing sales growth team. Um, and it's been kind of humbling to me a year in to see that really deep collaboration between those teams. And as we continue to grow year over year, I just think we're going to be able to push further into a product experience that people are just going to find more joy um, in um, over, over the years. But yeah, to have a team of five designers um, is one might argue is, is a luxury and I'm, and I'm, I'm happy, to, happy to have that. I've asked you a question about motion design, but how about illustration? Because that can make a powerful uh, move you know, in, in the perception and the, the, the brand. And one example that comes to my mind is uh, the, the newly created platform for presentations, pitch.com, which I'm a big fan of. They have amazing 3D illustrations, a certain style, and they're doing a great job because that brand literally brings up 3D illustrations in my, my head. And that's great. Have you been trying to do the same? Like what's the ratio of uh, illustration versus... I don't know, going motion forward instead. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, um, I too am a huge uh, fan of pitch. And in my role prior to Otter, when I was at Metal Lab Design, uh, pitch were actually a client of ours. So we worked Ooh. really we worked really closely. <laughs> we worked really closely with that team and kudos to them. It's such an incredible product. And I I I I um I, I watch from afar with their continued growth. It's a, it's a it's a it's an awesome product and a great team. And it was a really deep collaboration with them. So yeah, plus one to pitch. I think to your question, for sure, illustration's gonna be really important and not just within the product, but in terms of how we think about brand. Um and we think about it from like product out. So it's definitely kind of on our roadmap, but the small and mighty design team have not yet figured out what we think our design system and philosophy for illustration is today. But it's definitely something we're going to get after this year. And I think, again, similar similar kind of to motion, I think we'll want to inject thoughtful moments within the product experience where illustration can just um, help educate and surface up and highlight some of the key moments within the product that where users um, want to where we want to kind of bring content uh, be that text or audio to the to the user's mind but it's something that we'll probably get after um, in the coming months jane you highlighted a few times that you're not trying to be funny however it's still awesome to be funny. So do you have any humor in your brand or or not? And I find like humor really hard for me to do. <laughs> I'm curious how it is for you and your team. <laughs> yeah, it's it's certainly hard. Uh, I would I would just say I think I would characterize it as we're trying to find bring a smile to the mind. And so where where we design with intentionality if the user picks up on that and they say, that was really thoughtful, that was really intentional, they really appreciate how they cared for that moment within the product, um, be it a transition, be it how we service information, be it however, whatever it is we're trying to design for, 
if there's intentionality behind there and there's um and there's appropriate levels of wit and how we do it then i think people will say kudos that was really nicely designed a bit like how you talked about the illustration style of a pitch.com it's been really thoughtful about how they did that and i think we just want to emulate that level of kind of um, thoughtfulness within the product actually in addition to pitch one another example of great branded illustration is notion and they've they've gone contrary like black uh black and white styling in the world of colorful 3d illustrations you know they're making a stance there yeah i totally agree i'm a uh, you know i've been on notion since its very beginning right what <clears throat> many years ago i think it's a really it's a killer product and they've done um amazing job in finding that kind of product market fit and um i would i would you know echo your sentiments around there's a level of just kind of functionality within the product the product just works it's it's bulletproof in what it's trying to do um but they've found moments whether it's onboarding or sign up flow or in the product itself where they've just got that line art illustration that just brings a little bit of emotion to to basically you know a a workplace product so yeah i think um i think we definitely are inspired um and will kind of look to products like um like um like notion that do that clearly as a designer um you know we live in tools like figma and figjam um every day i think they also do a really nice job of bringing illustration um to how they think about their product so it's something that we're we're uh, keenly um interested in and will and as i say will will get after in the coming months ahead for inspiration uh, if you want to look for like cute moments uh interesting illustrations and stuff i find dribble helpful any other resources that a designer can go to and like get inspiration yeah for sure i think dribble's great both in terms of um being part of a community right and being inspired inspired by like-minded kind of designers i think um just looking through um their portfolios and seeing how other people are wrestling with similar problems is super cool and over my career i've worked with many designers um who post uh shots on dribble every day um i'm good friends with zach uh, dribble ceo he also lives here in the bay area in addition to that i live on product hunt i think it's a great source for designers and product thinkers to see new innovative thinking to old problems so for those in your audience that don't live on product hunt i would i would um that's that's for me has been a really good source of of inspiration and then probably the final uh place uh, that i seem to keep going back to oddly is the design sprint kit with google um they've got some really interesting kind of content there particularly for uh, designers looking to kind of break in and and grow their their skill set and their capabilities just in how they how they break down um design sprints and methodology and planning and resources so that's always been a good resource i've recently come across by the way speaking of google this is completely off topic i've recently come across outline the project of google for spinning up your own like vpn implementation and i was i was in a good way delighted how they made a completely graceful beautifully illustrated calm product which 
obviously follows their design system, but also has the brand of their own. And uh, I wish, I just wish uh, Juice Suite would be designed like that <laughs> in a certain way. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just a ton of really amazing resources out there. And I think the challenge for designers is I would I would offer that given all of the resources that are out there, given all of the established patterns of design, thank you, material and others, it's relatively easy, I would argue, to create good design. Like you can create a well-designed product pretty easily these days uh, because there are, as I say, just a bunch of established patterns and norms that users expect. I think the challenge to us as a design community is how do we go from good to great? And my my hypothesis, at least within Otter, is that we can lean on established patterns where it makes sense because we want to provide clarity of navigation and ease of use within the product. But core DNA, we have to build something that is authentic to who we are and the the users with whom we want to serve. And for us, bringing moments of emotion and delight and play and serendipity is core. And so that's what we're we're leaning into. That is a wonderful way to conclude today's conversation, definitely. By the way, uh, speaking of resources, just one more came to mind that I want to share with our audience. It's uh, PageFlows, I think, pageflows.com. It's more boring in terms of like it's a utilitarian UX uh, collection of uh, very well documented flows, uh, but you can get inspiration for the whole flows, not just for pretty screenshots there. And uh, having recently used it for reviewing user onboarding for different tools, you can find neat ideas for yourself that can delight users pretty well. That's awesome. I hadn't checked it out, but I certainly will. Uh, One product that I have started using just for some of our internal projects is uh, Retool as well. Um, So I found that to be a pretty interesting tool to help spin up new ideas. What does it do? It helps um, companies stand up internal tools really quickly, but it's, um, it's 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 not just a design tool. It's more of a product tool. Uh, but it allows you to stand up internal tools really quickly. We'll definitely link to that in the show notes. So wrapping up today's episode, what's one last piece of advice you want to give to people who want to be more playful and more talk about delight in their boring, pragmatic work? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jane, I would encourage your audience members just to think of moments in their everyday lives where they've found that moment of levity and joy and think about how what that what that felt like for them and 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 the people with whom they work and, and play with and how do they really tap into that emotion and how that made them feel and how it made their users feel and try and find really thoughtful moments within the product to bring that into their experience into their into the product that they're designing and building uh, because i do believe that their users will find joy and appreciate it. And that's that's a great value to a designer. That's a great one. Another reminder that we as designers, we're as good as we are users ourselves, and we have to be sensitive about our own emotions in order to try and replicate them later for our customers. 
yeah, I think you know, walking in the shoes of other people, building empathy, having curiosity, like all of the above, critically important as you think about design and, and obviously not bringing your own bias to that design, but thinking about it from the other person's vantage. It's kind of like you know, design 101, right? So that's something that we, we think about like, you know, each and every day at Otter. Where can people find more of your speaking, writing and your deeds online and where can they learn about Otter? Yeah, love for people to check out the product. So if you go to Otter, O-T-T-E-R dot A-I, please go online, try their free trial and let us know what you think. Um, and then also, if you're looking to join a rapidly fast-growing product company, early-stage startup in this space, then hit up our careers page because we're look- always on the lookout for amazing product designers who want to come and, and, join the, uh, and join the revolution. So please um, go online, check us out, and um, yeah, look forward to, to hearing from people. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom today was a pleasure talking to you and uh, have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you, Jane. I really appreciate it too and look forward to talking to you again soon.